Indeed. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for the battle being yours and the battle being won, Lord God, and giving us courage to stand in the midst of the battle and having done all to stand, Lord God. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your promise. We thank you for your gift, the gift of your son coming to this earth to redeem us, Lord God. What can we even comprehend this, Lord God? Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand it. This awesome gift, this wonderful um, uh, just intervention that you uh, conducted in the affairs of men in this very critical and desperate hour, even back at the birth of Jesus Christ and even now. So, Lord God, give us, um, quiet our minds, cause us to hear, cause us to he- meditate on the things that you've don- done and shown us through your word. Give us uh, courage to take the time to sit and listen, read again the story of uh, your birth, Lord God, and your um, coming to earth. Lord, I pray for each one today that they would be, uh, you'd give us that heart to meditate on that which is pure, lovely, honest, just, and of good report. Protect us, Lord. Give us your divine protection as you have and continue to, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, for we are yours. And we ask for your wisdom now. We ask for um, uh, your will to be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Well, good morning. Ah, good here evening, we are. Whenever you're yeah. listening to well, this. Well, it's morning for us. Uh, you know, here we are in December already. December. Oh my goodness, this year's gone really fast. This, hasn't it's it? December third, two thousand nineteen, and you know, in all the the Christmas stuff that you know has nothing to do with Jesus. But, Absolutely. But even <laughs> you know, you think of we we think of okay, the Mary and Joseph and the baby and Bethlehem and the mm-hmm. and the manger and the wise men and the, and the Christmas cards that show these. It, Beautiful I, scenes, idyllic yeah. mm-hmm. scenes uh, at the manger, but a lot of time, you know. Let's today we want to go deeper. We want to revisit this whole scene, this whole scenario, mm-hmm. which is just absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of depth and insight that we want to bring in yeah. today that will mm-hmm. help us understand and appreciate the magnitude of what this coming of Jesus as a baby is all about. And the the, the people, human beings are involved. With it. God's involved with this. Human beings are involved. Uh, several, many human beings are involved. Yeah. And, and the whole prophecy, uh, starting with Genesis 3.15, that the seed of the woman was going to bruise the head of the serpent. Yeah, and started the, way back the then. And the prophets, uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, all the prophets... And the prophecies. The, the prophecies mm-hmm. concerning him, hundreds of prophecies, are now kind of coming together. And as they're, as they're coming together here, there are additional prophecies. Mm-hmm. There are like six of them, right, in Luke chapters 1 and 2. But can we read? Well, well just let me comment a little bit on, you know, we're going to do this through the Word. But, you know, I just want to encourage people, as I was with the prayer, that... You know, now is the time to take the courage to slow down. You know that you're going too fast. You know that you're, you know, over anxious and distressed about things that five years from now won't probably matter that much in terms of the Christmas preparations. So uh, let's just give yourself the permission to listen and be quiet and, you know, meditate. I think people have lost the art of meditating because we have too much, too much stimuli, Activity. too much, yeah, too much impulse. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, neurological impulses, uh, too much, uh, you know, screen time, if you will, and stuff like that. Uh, too many demands on our schedule, our sacred schedule. And if you think about back in those days, I don't think they had schedules, except we're going to see a schedule of activities in the temple with Zachariah. That was a very, a very uh, uh, prescripted course of action for them during this time of service in the temple. So why don't you just go ahead and write and read and we'll um we'll listen. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, in the it's something it seems weird in the midst of all the activity uh and I am agreeing with you, you know, slow down, meditate. You know, everybody's so shopping and 
family and food and mm-hmm. so be quiet maybe you can use these moments to just to sit quietly in a, in a chair <laughs> and relax and and learn listen, listen. and mm-hmm. appreciate well, Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows after his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together she was found with child of the holy spirit Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And Mm -hmm. she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the Lord through the prophet, which would be the prophet Isaiah, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Mm -hmm. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife, and did not know her, did not have sexual relations with her, until she had bought forth her firstborn son, and they and he called his name Jesus. Now this is is, is an introduction, but it's it's just a very brief summary uh-huh. of how <laughs> Jesus came. This is just a just a basic right. outline, and sometimes we read that. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay, we've heard that before. Yeah. But um, but there's so much take, more to let's it. Let's take a look, closer look at this. Well, it begins not with Matthew actually, but with Luke. You know, we're talking about the birth of Jesus, um, and but it really starts back in the book of Luke, where we're told about uh, uh, Jesus's cousin John the Baptist <clears throat> and how he was he came to, to be. And uh, we look at, at Mary, Elizabeth, which was Mary's, um, I believe, her cousin. Maybe an aunt, but I think they call her a cousin. Cousin. Yeah, and um, there was uh, Elizabeth and Zechariah, her her husband. And now Zechariah and Elizabeth were both of the priestly family of, um, I believe it was Aaron. Abijah. Uh, yeah, Abijah was their their their, their name. Actually, there, I, I according to Josephus, there were twenty four courses of priests um, or groups of priests that each had their own father's name. Abijah obviously was. Um, uh, Zachariah's father's generation name, division, division names, of, of yeah. Abijah. But uh-huh. but what what uh, Josephus said that when they came back from the captivity in Babylon, um, of of the twenty four courses, only three or four came back, and so that the, there's however many people in this um, each grouping, they had to do the work of all of the different. Uh, 24 groups rather than, you know, every two-week period they'd be, it would be every... So they were a bit overworked. They were overworked. And it was also indicated that the priests did not have to retire. When the Levites were a certain age, I think it was 50 or so, they, had, re- they, had, they had to retire. But the priests only, they could keep going as old as they were. So Zechariah was quite old. Um, and the only thing that would stop them would be something like infirmity. So when the, um, and this how the, this would work in the morning is they would uh, come in and they would draw lots. Everything was done by lot because nobody wanted to um, give, you know, be pushy or jealous or uh, whatever. So they did it by lots. There were, there were four jobs every morning. Um, and this particular morning was, according to Josephus, was in October. And it was, um, and it was uh, you know, obviously, um, I don't know how he figured that out. Uh, he said, October of the year, 748 um, AUC which he said would be about six years before our present counting. So it was six years before uh, the zero, as we would say. So it was, Zechariah was given that there was four jobs, and the one was the, the two most, one was to check the court uh, before dawn, and make sure it's all safe and everything. And the other one was to, the, two of the others were to uh, do the, the table of uh, the, the the candlestick, trim the candlestick, and the other one was to do the incense. Mm-hmm. And so the incense table was located in not the Holy of Holies, but right next to it. in The holy place. Yeah, the holy place. It was mm-hmm. in the holy place. And so it was his job to go in and um, prepare that table of incense. Now, 
the table of incense was represented always the prayers, the prayers, prayers, prayers of the people of the incense that would go up before God, and that's been re- that's referred to in other places also mm-hmm. in the Bible. So he, but but I, uh, Zechariah's prayer had been um, a long-standing prayer. Uh, that he, his wife was barren, so they had no children. She was old. She, they were very righteous. They were very holy. They kept the law as much as humanly possible. It says, it doesn't say they were righteous before the Lord. But, but here's the prayer. He's, he's going to this sacrifice uh, at this uh, table of incense, and he has one personal prayer of his own that has been um, unanswered for a long, long time. As a matter of fact, I think this is very indicative of a lot of people who have a righteous people, holy people, being tested, super tested on a prayer that has not been answered for a long, long time. Yeah, and, and it's interesting, in Luke chapter 1, verse 10, and the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. So this is very appropriate. They were in prayer. Yeah. doesn't say what they were in prayer for, but we know. For like, Israel, we, probably. Yeah. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. So as he's burning this incense, he sees the angel of the Lord. And when mm-hmm. Zechariah saw him, he was troubled. I, I can imagine, you know, afraid. Fear fell on him. Yeah. You know, this isn't something you usual see every that happens. Day. This yeah. is pretty shocking. Yeah. But the angel said to him, verse 13 of Luke 1, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. So he'd been... He'd been praying. Yes, he was. I'm sure interceding for the people, for Israel. Mm-hmm. But he, he is, is the, again. This is a long-standing. Well, prayer. here he is at the altar of incense where prayers are being offered, and the angel comes to him and says, "Your specific prayer is has been heard, has been yes. granted." I mean, how shocking, how exciting, how unbelievable. After, I mean, if they're like say in their 80s, let's just say, and I'm not sure if it does say how old they were, but. You know, that's, again, getting up there with the Abraham and Sarah kind of deal. Right. And, and it says, your prayer is heard now, apparently, and your wife, as Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Now, I'm sure that the desire there was to have a, a specifically, not just for a child, but for a son, mm-hmm. to carry on the name, the name mm-hmm. and, and probably to continue in the with the priesthood. Well, I think this is still today a very uh, coveted, um, situation where you can have a, a male child carrying on the name Carry of the family. The, yes. And uh, so this was, but but again, you think of all the years of of questioning and doubting and self-examination and pleading with God and um, to being tempted to uh, give up. And, uh, and I'm sure maybe he already had kind of given up at this point. And he was just um, fortunate enough at this point in his life because this time would be probably the last time he'd have to, he would get to go into that incense. Um, maybe it was the only time he'd ever gotten to go in uh, because there were many priests and there, you know, they, so, but anyway, he was, um, he was there, as you said, and he says, and you shall have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. Well, it says too, it goes on to say, the angel goes on to say, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, which speaks of he would be like a Nazarite, mm-hmm. you know, one that was set apart. To God. Yeah. They would uh, mm-hmm. drink wine, they would drink strong wine. Samson was a Nazarite, wasn't he? Yes, yes, and they would let their hair grow long as part of the Nazarite vow, but. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. Now, this is this is a really prophecy. Something. That's a, an angelic a baby, prophecy. A baby that's full of the Holy Spirit. Well, yeah, there you go. Because yeah, even from his mother's womb. So he's still in the womb when he is being filled. But we'll see how that all happens later. So, so the, so, the angel is. He will perf- turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. Now, Malachi talks about this. Mm-hmm. The last verses of Malachi speak mm-hmm. of, of him coming in the spirit and power of Elijah. So he's not, it's not, this is not a reincarnation of Elijah. No. This is in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the uh, wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for Lord. And as we know what John the Baptist's job was, he came with that fiery message, very simple message 
repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And that was exactly the words Jesus picked up, the very first words we hear Jesus saying when he started his ministry, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He continued that message of repentance. And and it was, in a sense, John was what's known as a herald. And a herald was someone that would go before, say, if a very Mm -hmm. uh, important person would come, a king or some high-ranking official would come, They'd go before them as a messenger, and they had people that would remove, you know, fill in the r- road, some of the yeah, ruts. fix the road. <laughs> if there was a tree, it'd fall across yeah. or a rock there. They would move it, and they would announce, "Here, the king is coming," and they would literally prepare the road, make mm-hmm. the road smoother yeah. mm-hmm. for the king to come. And this is this is what John is doing, right? Preparing and he, the way of the Lord. Lord. And it's interesting, I why he would. This would be the specific thing he would do to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. Well, obviously, uh, Israel at that point was in a place of great rebellion, although they had just kind of gotten gathered back again from a huge uh, dispersion where they had been held captive for many years, uh, Jeremiah tells us, 70 years. And so they, but to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children to reconcile, and I think that is... Also, what you know, Jesus said, "Well, if you can believe it, that this was John the Baptist, because the disciples later were asking him about this very thing." But I think even today, um, we need someone again to come to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, because that's what's gone wrong. There, there's so much, so much pain, father pain, yeah, because of, of absence lack of dads, of la- mm-hmm. absentee fathers, or dads who or, are or, being or, wicked and embittering right, their children, right, right. oppressive, abusive. Uh, narcissistic, um, op- oppressing their wives and children. Yeah, and 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 really, th- this is there. There's so much. And on the other side, we also have many fathers who are mm. brokenhearted because their wives have run away, been drug off by the spirits of witchcraft and rebellion too. So, the the family, the 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 first unit of of life and protection, Satan has just devoured it, just ransacked the house, broken the house, and divided it, destroyed this house called family. So this was, but here we see um, families, couple of families, Zachariah and Elizabeth, no children at this point. And we'll see Mary and Joseph later, a family again, um, the beginning of a family. And so God has established family to be a part of the strength, part of the protection, part of the covering that we uh, can enjoy in this world because of the great uh, assaults of Satan well, against well, marriage, us. Marriage and the family are the, the basic units of society. And they have been basically destroyed. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, God has got his people. We're not saying it's all total. But that's where the devil's focused a lot of his destruction. Anyway, go back to... Well, in verse 18 of Luke chapter 1, Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife has well advanced in years. He's saying basically this is like physically impossible. Again, like with Abraham. And Mm -hmm. here is this angel identifies himself. Okay? It says the angel of the Lord, an angel of the Lord, verse 11. And here he identifies himself in verse... 19. 19, he says, mm-hmm. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you to bring you these glad tidings. Wow. This, now, is, this, is, a, yeah. this is basically the... Now, the notice angel. the contrast here, too. You've got angel Gabriel in heaven standing at the side in the presence of God where nothing is impossible. Everything is done the way God wants mm-hmm. it. It's perfect, perfect, perfect. There's no problems, no no issues and then you have Zechariah, who's been living on this planet for however many years. Let's just say again, eighty, uh, and he is—he's um, seen nothing but difficulty, nothing but uh, disappointment, nothing but you know hard labor, toil, and and so you have the contrast of the two worlds. And so you can understand why Zechariah is going to come up with the next thing he's going to say. Um, he says, "How can I, uh, being old, advanced in years, um, how can this be? I'm an old man," um, and and. And he says, Gabriel says, I bring you these glad tidings. Now, this is these two words, glad tidings, good news of great joys. The angels will repeat this same theme again when they visit the, the, shepherds. the shepherds who are also very downtrodden and cast into a very difficult and lowly lot. Glad tidings, good news, good, good news. When was the last time you had some really good news? I mean, like like good news where you just go, ah, 
Yes. That's great. You, you know, you, you're not hearing it on the internet or well, even in a personal the world, part. there's very yeah, in your little... personal world. It's like bad. Okay, this one has this problem. This yeah, one, this sick one here, dying this one's here. Sick. So these people. So got we have to see Zachariah's context here. He is not. He's old. He's looking. He doesn't know what is going to happen. Um, he says, but behold, the angels, you know, scolding him a bit. And he says, oh, but behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things are t- take place, because you did not believe my words, which were will be fulfilled in their own time. So in other words, the angel saying, okay, you need a sign. Okay, here's going to be the sign. You're going to be mute. And, 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 you know, obviously that was, in a way, being mute right there was probably a really exciting thing, because... That was the proof of the pudding. That was a proof of the promise mm-hmm. that this was going to happen. So if Zachary would have came out of there without being mute, he would have could have been able to maybe say, well, you know, I, I saw this angel and they and I think and maybe and I'm not sure and maybe I was hallucinating and all these kinds of things could have interrupted his faith. But here you have a physical sign of being mute. That means he cannot speak until the day when these things are going to be fulfilled. So, in other words, it looked like a bad thing of it, but it could have really been an exciting thing if you'd have read it right. Verse 21, And the people waited for Zacharias. Now, he's also referred to as Zachariah and, and Zacharias here. Mm-hmm. And marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. So what's he doing in there for so long? Yeah, you know, they would worry about those sorts of things. He's taking longer than Maybe he long. had a heart attack. Maybe he, you know, had a stroke. I mean, so because he's old and he's in there too long, too long. I don't know what too long is. Maybe 30 minutes. Maybe he should have got the job done in maybe 15 minutes. I don't know. But anyway, the people outside were starting to get nervous. Mm -hmm. But when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple for he beckoned them to remain and remain speechless. So again, um, in our technical, if this would happen today, People said, oh, Zachariah had a stroke. He had a stroke, and now he can't talk. You know, we would relegate it to some lesser, you know, uh, explanation than that the angel saw him and said, this is going to be a sign to you. So it was, so it was, and so it was, as soon as the days of their service were completed, that he departed back to his house. So in other words, he wasn't in his, he didn't live there. He lived, I think, where did he live in Hebron? Somewhere? Yeah, he wasn't living in Jerusalem. So he went back home. So after his, you know, after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in these days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among, among people. Men. Basically, among it, men. Was a, it was a reproach. It was like a shame. It was like... If you didn't, have, if a woman didn't have a child, there was just figure there must be something wrong with her. Well, right, it right. Was, it's, it's, it was a shame. There was a uh, no blessing. There was right. an absence of a blessing. So again, was it a sin? Was it a? I, I'm sure everyone. So there's all this spec. They all had their well, opinions. I'm sure. Well, when and when and whenever something like that is going on in our lives, we always go to the first thing: is it must be me? I must have done something wrong. God is mad at me. God doesn't hear my prayers. Um, and really, in this case. And probably in your case as well, it has nothing to do with any of that or maybe a little to do with some of that. But she was a righteous woman. Her and Zachary had lived according to the law and fulfilled as much of it as humanly possible. Um, you know, being righteous and kind and good and and um, honorable in their lives. So when she hid herself for five months, um, I think part of that might have been just simply a part of the tradition. I think they did kind of do that. Um, but at the same time, how do you explain this to your friends it's kind of weird, um, but but because Zachary was mute, it became more of a divine situation. It wasn't like um, people could you know make up rumors about this and 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 sow any kind of discord or shame over Elizabeth because there was this already divine intervention of the angel Gabriel. So people were kind of watching to see what was going on, um, and then she so she conceived, she hid herself, and she said, "Thus the Lord has dealt with me." in the days when he looked upon me to take away my reproach among men. So we have other women like this too. We have um, in the, uh, let's see, Samuel's mother, what was her name, Hannah? Hannah had this problem. Uh, Elizabeth had this problem. Uh, and and Sarah. Sarah had this problem. I'm sure there were others. I think also, um, uh, I think Re- Rebecca might have had a hard time conceiving then she finally mm-hmm. had Jacob and Esau. Um, and so the devil, here's my theory on this. You can throw it out the window if you want, but I, I think it's, it works well that 
you know, God is the one who gives life. He gives babies. He sends life to people. Uh, but it seems like Satan tries to interfere with what God is doing for however he can to withhold or delay. Because if you look at it, just in a practical, real situation, there are many more babies that are born to the destitute and the unrighteous and the, uh, what does it say, the desolate woman has more children than the, the godly woman. or the. It just seems like Satan permits, permits, permits many, many, many babies to be born to people who are in crack or in uh, d- drugs mm-hmm. or in uh, crime. And the righteous, godly couples sometimes cannot seem to conceive a baby. I think it's the same with marriages. A lot of times the husbands and wives of the godly are withheld from them um, and they can't get married or they can't find the right one or it seems like there's a a delay. And I don't know if it's a divine delay or a demonic delay. I think the devil is trying to use the opportunity. Um, Our hearts are desiring something so desperately and Satan uses it like he always does to create a situation of weight and challenge our faith. And um, so a lot of times... um, it seems like the, the, the ungodly don't have a trouble finding a, a husband. They don't have unga- a trouble getting pregnant. But here we have precious little Elizabeth. So, But her reproach and shame of not having a child is being taken away. Well, you, what you mentioned about um, the um, children, the family, you know, they say, see, God desires godly seed. He desires... Of course, he, and Satan doesn't want him to have that. Satan will do anything he can to mm-hmm. stop the godly seed mm-hmm. of the woman, not not just we're not talking about the seed, capital S E E D, referring to Christ, but godly the ge- people yeah. on the earth mm-hmm. are such a powerful force. Mm-hmm. And you just look at just jumping ahead a little bit and then jumping back. You look at when Moses uh, was born; he was to be a great deliverer for Israel. Mm-hmm. And what happened? You know. Uh, they tried to kill all the baby boys he, right at that he, time. Yep. Boys. He was smack dab and, in the middle of that. Later on, when Jesus uh, was born, Herod issued the decree that, that everybody, uh, all the babies under two years old in the area of Bethlehem were killed. Right. So, so he's always trying to sweep the floor and get the 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 godly off off the stage, off the uh, off off of life stage. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, same angel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now, apparently, this is the sixth month of, of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Right. Because she said she hit, her, hit right. herself five months in verse 24, and then now in the sixth month, uh, Gabriel is sent by God. Mm-hmm. No, he, Gabriel Same angel. Gabriel isn't just going off doing his own thing here. By God, right. He was sent by He's God. He's the messenger angel. We see Gabriel also the messenger angel in the book of Daniel bringing Daniel the prophecy. So this seems to be Gabriel's main job is to bring messages to people. And uh, so when you get it from Gabriel, you've got it from the you top. Got it, you, got it, you got it from God. He <laughs> goes to God. a city of, of Galilee named Nazareth. Nazareth was kind of a, a, a kind of a blue-collar town. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of uh, trade routes went through there. It mm-hmm. was kind of a kind of a rough town yeah. in a sense. Redneck. Kind of a red, maybe yeah. we'd call it a redneck town. <laughs> it wasn't but, sophisticated like Jerusalem. But, but that's the, for when sure. they later on, when Jesus was, they said he was from Nazareth. They said, "Can any good thing come out of Nazareth?" Right, right. I mean, it had a bad repu- a town with a bad reputation. Let's well, and I think way. they had had a lot of revolts and riots that have come yeah, come from yeah. there too. To and, a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. So we, as we look, the house of David, both of them were from the house of David, actually, but they were not dis- rel- close relatives because uh, David had several sons, obviously, and one was Solomon. And Joseph, his line came from Solomon's kingly line, but Mary's line came from Nathan. And um, so that's where they they are together in David, and then the next generation, they each have different um they come from a different one of his sons, and so, so. they're in a sense they're from a, a royal priesthood, a priest, royal family, a royal, a royal family. But mm-hmm. they're not living, you know, they're not living as kings here. No, no, they're, absolutely they're, they're not. Hum, they're very humble, simple. Well, that that dynasty, people. that whole thing, Solomon, David had long time yeah, gone away. Yeah. Um, and, so and it, it says, and having come in, the angel said to her, "Rejoice, highly favored one." 
The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. So having come in, he came in. Obviously, she was inside doing something or in a room or in the house. Uh, and, he, and he said, you know, again, the good news thing, highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, here, think about this. Okay, here you are doing your mundane, everyday, grind the wheat, you know, um, I don't know what you do, milk the goat kind of thing. All these mundane, I'm no, nobody special, all I got to do is just get through this day, this day. How many of us just have mundane days every day and we think nothing's really going on here, nothing exciting is going on, it's never going to change. Um, and if you have any aspirations for greatness, you're going to probably be very frustrated. But, and very likely at this point, according to most Bible scholars, that she's probably a teenager. Or, yeah, an she's older teenagers. Yeah, yeah, maybe 15, maybe, I don't know, something like that. But yeah. that's but that's nothing real shocking because back in those days, they actually um, got married a, a lot younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and they died a lot younger, I think, too, mm-hmm. uh, for the because life was hard. Um, so blessed are you among women. I, I would imagine, highly favored one, of you know, there had to be some talk of any girl child that was ever born a Jewess uh, that could she be the one? Could this baby be the mother of? I, I don't, I don't know if they understood completely the prophecy, but they knew back from Genesis that this child was going to be born of a well, woman. This this head crusher, and so I'm sure in the back of every heart was, is this the one? Is this the great one? Could I be the one? Could I be the one? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if she spent a whole lot of time thinking about that because. She had too many other things to do, and I don't think it crossed her mind very often. So, It says, when, when she saw him, she was troubled at this thing and considered what manner of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid. See, I guess, you know, when angels appear to you all of a sudden, I mean, it's, it's like, I think Fearful. all of us would be afraid, like, what? Fearful. For Mary, you have found favor with God. There's, there's something about you mm-hmm. that God really, well, really Well, just likes. her humble, simple His, accepting her spirit, of her, her life and maybe her, her devotion towards God. We don't know about her life, but obviously God was pleased with it. You found favor with God. Um, and so, and now, I mean, I'm sure the Lord had her picked out from the beginning, but the oh, thing is she didn't know that. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and ever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Now, this is a whole lot, a whole lot to swallow. Now, number one, um, you're going to have a son. Yep. You're not betrothed yet. You're, You're still, you know, yeah, she's betrothed to Joseph. That just means you're basically engaged. That does not mean you're, it's, it's a commitment to marriage. Uh, pretty solid commitment. Yeah. It's like being married in a way, right, it but is. you but you haven't yet consummated the marriage, and so you haven't yet had the wedding or anything. But you are that's the one. You're not. You're 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 as there's, you're seen as if you're, you're married. You're set. Yeah, you're set. A setup. So he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. Okay, that means he's going to be the son of God because God was known as the highest. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. Whoa, 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 whoa. Could your mind just run with that for a second? Here we have Mary in this little poverty-stricken village, you know, in this little house, doing her little mundane chores, and she's going to give birth to a son who's going to be the king. Well, that would change my lifestyle pretty fast now, wouldn't it? If I lived and I could now live in a royal house with my son being the king. But that's not kind of at all. I mean, yes, that's a true prophecy. But there was other things that had to happen, and he will reign, and that has not yet happened um, over the house of Jacob, and and of his kingdom there will be no And Those two things are yet to happen. They're in process. But if Mary would have jumped to the conclusion that she's going to live in a royal house, she would have missed everything, that the horrible things, actually, and the wonderful things that had to come in between that time. So then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? Now, now, here, and the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the, of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, it's, I got to stop right here because you know what? She, to me, kind of did the same thing Zechariah did. How can this be? She asked the same kind of question. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. How is this going to happen? I mean, which is a normal, natural question. And Zechariah was was made mute 
Yeah. But Mary was not punished. She was, I mean, she wasn't, she's, he didn't say, well, okay, because you don't believe me, we're going to do this, this and that. No, he just said, um, he, he just kind of blew past that, you know, her little question. He answered a question. He told her how much he could, that she would understand the overshadowing of the most high. Um, you have to, we have to remember that God deals with every person a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. You know, some, some have, um, well, he knows their heart. He knows their heart. He you knows know? our heart. So, so the, the thing is, too, we can't just say, well, Lord, you did it. You did it this way for my brother. No, how come you're doing it different for no. me? We're, we're his, we're his vessels, right? We're his, yeah. he, we're individual. He's got an individual plan, plan. for us mm-hmm. in conjunction, in context of his great overall yeah. kingdom plan. And then the angel, he stopped and, and gave her a little secret. He told her a little secret, something she could actually focus on right now. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her, for who has been called barren, for with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, "Behold, the maid servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word." And the angel departed from her. Now, here's here's the thing. This had to have been a great faith builder for her because it's like, okay, you know, she am I only okay? You're you're giving me this great prophecy of this this the son that's coming, the son of God. How can this be? But he says, okay, by the way, um, mm-hmm. Elizabeth, she's she's old and she's conceived. Yeah. Really? Well, <laughs> if God could do it for an old lady, she could, you know, he, he could, could certainly do it for me, a, mm-hmm. a young lady. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Will be, she was called barren. You're a virgin. She was barren. Mm-hmm. And you're both so going to have a baby. You're so, both going to have a baby. So, so with there. God, there's with God, nothing, nothing will is be impossible. impossible. And I think this is a very hard concept for us on earth to grasp because we're not in that heavenly realm. We're in the earthly realm. The, the more we could spend time meditating and, and uh, in that heavenly realm, the more we probably would have uh, faith to believe God for these impossible-looking things. So he was and, telling. Go ahead. Yeah, he he said. You know, she said, "Let behold the maid servant of the Lord." He says, "Okay, I, I'm going to go with this. I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. Let it be d- done. Go let ahead. Let it be done. Let it be to me according to your word." Now, at this point, when she she's saying, "Okay, she's okay saying, to God," mm-hmm. but she does not comprehend what she's all going to have to go yeah. through in this whole yeah, process. And, I, and whenever, whenever God calls us to a particular task, mm-hmm. you know, we say yes to Him. We don't know what it's all going to involve. We don't right. know the pressures, the pain, the joys, the triumphs. We don't know all that, uh, and we don't need to know all that. Well, we'll look at this. And he'll give us so, grace for whatever. So we have here to go we have through. Mary, a virgin. She's just conceived a baby. She's not yet had sexual relationship with her husband. Uh, there's going to be a huge scandal here. Uh, now Mary, she immediately took the out. She went arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to the city of Judea. I think she wanted to see for sure. I don't think she did not believe, but I think she was in a hurry to get out of town herself before she started showing. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And I suppose she she wanted the time to. She probably, you know, here was Elizabeth. We didn't talk about Mary's mother. We don't know who Mary's mother was, but Elizabeth was obviously almost like a mother to her because she went to her and she entered the house, and then it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary. And, of course, now think about this. They didn't have cell phones in those days. I don't know if she was expecting Mary. I don't know if they had some, sent someone ahead to let her know or made arrangements. Maybe they had. But they didn't have cell phones. They didn't have any kind of no instant. Facebook. Yeah, so it was just um, kind of show up at the doorstep kind of thing. But, anyway, I think probably someone had let her know there might have been some arrangement Mary might have begged her family oh please let me go visit Elizabeth for a while blah 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 before I have to get married here da 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 and it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe left in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit then she spoke out with a loud voice and said now she's prophesying this is a loud voice uh, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb but why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me so she already knew by the by the uh, revelation of the Holy Spirit, who, what, the fact that Mary was pregnant. I don't know if she knew that before. I don't know if Mary says, I'm pregnant too. 
Um, but she came and this and Elizabeth said, um, <clears throat> blessed are you among women than the fruit of your womb. She knew who this was. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe left in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who, sh- is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told to her from the Lord. Now, so John the Baptist, the baby in the womb, was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied over Mary. It's amazing how the Spirit of God can communicate a lot of information well, with a few events, a few words. And the whole, the Holy Spirit came upon Mary to, to, to said she would conceive. Now, this is something that the theologians call it, <clears throat> excuse me, the theologians call that inscrutable. In other words, we can't, Understand it. Figure it Mystery. out. There's um, no matter what we do, you know, we 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 take it at face value. The Holy Spirit came mm-hmm. upon her, conceived to uh, with the Son of God. The Son of God, man. The Son of God made flesh. the The Word was made flesh, made human, and dwelt among us, as it says in John chapter one. Mm-hmm. And so Elizabeth is announcing and declaring um, and confirming to Mary what is going on here. So Mary, apparently, you know, she explains to Elizabeth. There's probably, it's not said what she said there, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. it's not just, oh, hi, Mary said, oh, hi. And then the babe leaves. And then all of a sudden, uh, I'm guessing that somewhere between uh, verses 41 and 42, Mary told her, uh, about you know the visitation from Gabriel, yeah. And what or maybe was, she what didn't. Maybe, maybe she not. told her afterwards. Or maybe, maybe she told. But her we, after. but we notice here something that we, you know, obviously in our own greetings and meeting people, come people coming to, a, you know, we we are so superficial in most of our conversations with people, in most of our uh, greetings, and most of our we don't really. Uh, you know, greet them. We don't really greet that human being with the soul, with a divine destiny. We just kind of, oh yeah, you're here. Okay, yeah. Well, you know, put your coat in the closet. How, and how, how you, you know, doing? I mean, we're just. It's so, so. These women are truly deep. I mean, they're deep right now. They're going deep, deep, deep into as deep as you can go into the revelation of God. And I'm not, but but so I'm I'm suggesting saying, reminding us that when you greet someone, when you meet someone, when someone comes to your house. Greet them as if they are uh, a child of the Most High God, and they have a destiny, and they have a soul, mm-hmm. and they have a need, and they have a heart, and they need to be known, and they need to be loved, and they need to be um, uh, attended to with love, not with what can you, what, what do you want, or what can I do for you, or, or you know, really when we greet people in such a humanistic level, and we don't really consider their hearts' needs or um, love them at that level of of tender mercy and cherishing them, um, the relationship with them isn't going to be that rewarding for you either. If you could get into, I mean, sometimes if you don't know someone really well, but, you know, it's hard to get into something deep, heartfelt right away. But I really believe that God can help us to see, to do to prophesy, to, to understand, them, to give to us understand. words of wisdom and knowledge. Yeah. To, yeah. To give us, he says, for indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears as a babe, Leaped in the womb for joy. Yeah. And, it, and blessed is he, she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of mm-hmm. those things which were told her from the Lord. Yeah. So there was an assurance. Elizabeth gave Mary a, another confirmation. confirmation. Because Mary was going to need it. She was going to need this kind of uh, confidence when she had to speak up to Joseph, when she had to tell her mother and father. Because it's going to look like she's an adulteress. It's, it's like, going to look like she's she should be stoned. She should be put away at, because she has shamed the family. She has shamed uh, the, the engagement. Adultery. Yeah, and, I'm sure. and, and those women were to be stoned. And so here we have a really a potential, very bad situation going on where Mary is probably even actually in danger without God's intervention of being killed herself for being the mother carrying this. So it's amazing, and she must have known that. Because, you know, people who are show up pregnant without a husband are considered prostitutes or adulteresses. And uh, I'm sure she was well, of not that. not so much anymore. But anyway. No, no, back then. Back, back then, then it was totally, yeah. totally the deal. Yeah, and um, it says, uh, for there, shall be a, there will be a fulfillment of those things which are told her from the Lord. And so, in other words, this is going to happen just the way the Lord said. Mm-hmm. Had a, she had a word from God. Yeah. 
that and and you know it's important for us to really personally have a word from God it doesn't necessarily mean mm-hmm. that we have to go to a church and have a pastor or a so-called prophet prophesy mm-hmm. over us mm-hmm. we can get a word from God that way but when these this is this is this is God speaking directly to them God can speak to you through the scriptures of course he always he when you read the scriptures God is speaking right, right? well and, the problem and, and when but when you get a personal Word. word and you know that it's something that God has put in your heart mm-hmm. and it's not just the imagination of your heart or some mm-hmm. uh, humanistic desire but you've gotten a word from God and, and he said it's going to be fulfilled even though it right. might not be fulfilled in the way that you think it's going to be fulfilled. Well the problem with getting a word from God is and I'm glad the Lord here gave Mary a couple of real heavy duty confirmations Yes, because even if I get a word from the Lord uh, in my spirit, God's spirit speaking to my spirit, the soul in me, uh, who is filled with sometimes with doubt and debate, would we'll argue about it. Would argue, oh, who do you think you are, and that's never going to happen, and blah blah blah. And so, uh, you know, and, and so sometimes when God gives you a word uh, and a prophecy in a direction, um, and it's it's good to have an outside person who doesn't know anything about it confirm it because then you know that well they didn't know anything the only way they could have known that is from the lord himself so that then becomes a good way for god to confirm the word um to someone and that's what he just did here because otherwise um you know uh, even though i know mary by this time probably figured out she was also pregnant um she 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 still had to face a lot of face a lot of uh questions so and mary said to her in response to this my soul magnifies the Lord. Now, before we go into this, notice the depth of this. This is probably a, a teenage girl saying this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This shows that Mary had some depth. She's just, you know, not not some uh, flaky, some flaky, ditzy, you know, vanity seeking uh, kid. You know, she, she's got some substance. Well, I think all the revelation. all the kids probably back then had substance. I'm not saying the kids today don't have substance. I'm saying the, the kids today are so bombarded with Instagram and Facebook and uh, uh, you know all their screens, all their devices, all of their um, you know likes and dislikes on Snapchat or whatever they got going on that they are there's just pulled, kept in this suspended in this artificial fake suspended wor- word. world where they don't get down deep where they can actually f- discover God or themselves or their destiny. But Mary here, as you said, was very, very in the moment. They're both in the moment prophesying. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. That means my soul makes the Lord great. And my spirit has rejoiced in God, my savior. What else is there to rejoice in anyway? No. For he has regarded the lowly estate of his maidservant. He didn't look upon, he didn't go to the king's house to find the princess. He went to the to the poverty-stricken Nazareth, to the house of a commoner, to find his daughter. Mm-hmm. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed, and almost to the to the point, point of too much. I think there's too much um, venerating of Mary by many who have been distracted and taken that um uh, the enemies used her, you know, her goodness actually as an opportunity, as a to, weapon to, they, to distract people from the truth of venerating and worshiping the Lord himself. Yeah, yeah. and she, she, she never was to be worshipped. She, she didn't she, want to be worshipped. That wasn't her goal at all. And And yet the enemy, again, the enemy always takes whatever God is doing and he tries to twist it around and, and throw it back as, as, an, uh, as a weapon against the goodness of God for... It says, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Well, she's saying this by faith, because all he's done so far is possibly get her in big trouble. But his name is holy, and his mercy is on those who fear him. So that's where we are to this morning. The mercies, God's mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Um, you need mercy today in your life. You can wake up, and you've got it right there if you fear him. And the problem is most people don't fear God as much as they fear everybody else or everything else. Mm-hmm. You know, what's going to happen? Oh, no, the, the future, the anxiety. They don't, if you would really fear the Lord, reverence him, respect him, know who he is, and that he loves you, he's got you uh, on, since inscribed on the palm of his hand, hand, and he's with you, then you would know that your 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 courage would be there for you. And 
there's there's something here that in the midst of her basically simple life and you know anticipating getting married to Joseph and God comes and interrupts her her plans she had done a lot of FaceTime with God. Mm-hmm. She had her a, devotions, a lot her of prayer, wisdom. her yeah, worship. Yeah, that, that this is something that, and, and the, yeah, the, between her and God does not. And, and the scriptures, I'm sure she went, you know, went to the synagogue. She learned scriptures, but these, this prophecy, is just, is just very, very powerful. Uh, well, you know, and thinking about this too, um, what God has done for her, a woman in those days, women were. Uh, as they um, have been almost through all of history, uh, second-class citizens um, in many, many countries treated as just one notch up from a, a donkey or beast right, of burden right, or something. Exactly. Or uh, they're just more something you can own. They're objects. But so she is, you know, she is in that position. She's a, a you know, even then women were inferior, although um, appeared to be, thought to be treated as, but um, his mercy is upon those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud with the imagination in, in the imagination of their hearts. So she's been thinking about things deeply. The, he's mm-hmm. scattered the proud because um, this is, I mean, this is for her to say this is amazing. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. There she is referring back to, I'm sure, herself. He has filled the hungry with good things. Maybe she'd been hungry from time to time. And the rich he has sent away empty. How many times, oh, how many times had the rich consumed, 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 and the, the, the others... Their lives are empty. And their lives are empty. And he helped his, he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. He As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. So she's remembering the prophecies, the things she's learned, the things she's heard, the promises of God to help Israel, to sustain them, to bring forth the Messiah. I think mm-hmm. here she is again reconnecting her situation with the biggest event God had ever promised, and that's the uh, the, the giving of the Messiah, so she sending has, of the Messiah. She has a good, a strong spiritual foundation here, uh, knowledge, insight, understanding of, of God and his ways, which this is, when we have that kind of basic understanding where we're we're rooted and grounded in God, okay, like she obviously was here, that is 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 like a basis. It's like a springboard for the unknown because here's stuff that she knows by revelation, by teaching, mm-hmm. and everything like that. But now we see but, it but coming she's, to pass. She, in a sense, she's she's resting. She knows the faithfulness, strength, and power of God. And and she's aware of that as she's about to go into a whole uh, into a whole new experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and you know this is a new experience. This will, her life from this moment on, from even the so will never be the same. I mean, right, right. This is not something that she was planning on doing. And how many of us? are today doing something that we never planned on doing, never dreamed of doing. Yeah, well, on the other hand, how many of us are not doing what we should be doing in terms of God's plan? that's it, but sometimes... But it is all God's plan, God's plan. He's working it out through it He's working it it out, yeah. So now it says, And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. So remember, six plus three is nine. So about the time she left to go back to Nazareth, is about the time that Elizabeth was going to give birth to this baby. So we well, see it that... it says in verse 57, 58, now Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered, and she brought forth a son. Well, yeah, but okay, so so Mary, when she leaves there, she's about, she was there, what, three months or so? So she's three months along. So she's going to go back home right now to Nazareth, and she is going to start to be showing, and she's going to have to face Joseph and her parents and his parents and the whole little community that might be very small and full of gossip. We don't know. She's got to go back. She's got to be strong. But now we see Elizabeth. Her time has come for her to be delivered, as you said, and she brought forth a son, just like the angel said. And when her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. Elizabeth, she's old lady, she's a senior citizen that's just had a baby. Oh, can we get excited? And now so it was on the eighth day. The talk day, of the town. When, yeah, the only thing that was happening right then, that they were, they came to circumcise the child, that they would have called him by his name, 
father's name is Zacharias. So of course, they want to pass on the name. They're going to assume that that's the name. They're not going to even question that that's the name. And the mother answered and said, no, he shall be called John. So evidently, Zacharias had communicated to her through a tablet or something that this boy's name was going to be John, according to the angel. But they said to her, there is no one among your relatives who's called by this name. So they made a sign to the father, his father, what he would have him called. So finally, Zachary's sitting there, and they're all talking back and forth and trying to figure this out, and he's sitting there quietly with nothing, saying nothing, and he asked for a writing tablet and wrote and said, his name is John, and they all marveled. What? How can his name be John? How can he be John? He's not, that's no, not no, no other, name in no our family. John's in the family. Immediately, but... as he said that, his mouth was opened, he wrote that, and his tongue was loosed, and he spoke, praising God. So here we have the angel saying, okay, you don't need the sign anymore. The baby's here. I'm taking the sign back, and look, you can talk. We're not going to punish you forever on this thing. It says his tongue was loosed, and he spoke, praising God. Then fear came on, verse 65 of Luke 1. Fear came on all who dwelt around them, and all these sayings were discussed throughout all the hill country of Judea. So right, this so is, this is, the, so this this is was, the most exciting thing that's happening in the hills of Judea, is mm-hmm. these... The, this, this, this was... Uh, what happened to Zechariah? It, what happened it, to Mary? It went viral on social media. Yeah, through the hills. Right. But, yeah, and, and so this was what they were talking about. They didn't have a whole lot of, you know, CNN, thank God, or NBC or ABC or anything else. They just had the the word of mouth Social and it would media. travel through the uh, caravans and things. Yeah, and, and those who heard them kept them in their and hearts. And then they said, what, what? Kind, yeah. what kind of child will this be? Well, this is setting the stage for to keep eyes on this boy, keep an eye on John the Baptist. Who is he? Now, so then John kind of hides himself out and goes back into the the desert. We'll see, but... Now his father, Zechariah, is filled with the Holy Spirit, and he prophesied, and he said. So, so in other words, so, so he's been Elizabeth, mute for a Mary, long time. Elizabeth, Mary, and Zechariah all prophesy in the first chapter of Luke. Mm-hmm. And Zechariah says, now his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. Okay, hold on just a second. Now just think of uh, all these people that were filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Okay, so. Four of what? them. Yeah, so we got the, the team. Holy Spirit. The team is getting set up with the Holy Spirit. Right, right. Um, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us. So they're all seeing that this this baby, th- these two babies actually are bringing salvation, the horn of salvation, in the house of in the house of his servant David. And as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from an uh, from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercies promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. Now, so he's, he's going back again. Uh, they always go back. What's the promises? What's the covenant? What did the Lord say since the world began? Genesis 1, you know, whatever, 4. Um, that, no, it's not more than 4, but anyway, that since the world began to remember the covenant, the oath that he swore to our fathers, Abraham. Abraham, he says, he'll make you the seed of many. Uh, your seed will be as the stars of the sky and the sand of the seashore to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. So Zechariah is looking for a place and a time of peace, a time of victory, a time of uh, conquest, a time of uh, deliverance. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest. Now, who is he talking about? He's talking about John the Baptist. This could be said over Jesus, too. You shall go before the face of the Lord and prepare his ways. Now, this John is the cousin of Jesus. He's going six months before him, older than him. He's going to start up the the engines, so to speak, to give knowledge of salvation to to the people. He's bringing back a reviving of the interest in this this, uh, message of redemption and the Messiah because it's been dormant for 400 years or more. People have forgotten about it. They give up on it. They're just going to go, you know, do their work and live their life. But now we're we're, we're, we're uh, building up the fire again, build, uh, getting this thing stoked so that we can get this show on the road because this is the real, finally, the real deal is here. So um, in holiness and in righteousness before him all the days of our life, they'd been spending their days doing the right thing. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest prophet. Mm-hmm. And you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his way. So he's not that child or the son of the highest. He's the prophet to give knowledge of salvation to his people. That's exactly what he did. By the remission of their sins, repent 
for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's exactly his message, even before he said it. And it's interesting. He, he says, you know, he doesn't say, you know, John, the son of Zacharias. He said, John, what does he say? The prophet of the highest. Mm-hmm. He's he, he's recognizing that this is his primary call, mm-hmm. not not to necessarily follow in, in line of uh, his father, the, pre- the father, priest. Zacharias and the priesthood, but he will be called the prophet, the of spokesman, the, the one who speaks selected, the word yes, of called the by highest, God, the, right. word, the very word of God. So he's not just an ordinary son. He's a, he's called with a special thing, a special ministry to give knowledge of the salvation of his people. Notice John the Baptist would have been in perfect line to be one of the priests as well mm-hmm. because his father and mother were both priests. Uh, but he chose a different path that didn't get him to the temple that often to give knowledge of the salvation of his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercies of our God with which the day spring from on high has visited us, a name for God, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. So the child, that would be John the Baptist, grew and became strong in the in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his manifestation in Israel. John liked to live and play in the desert. He knew the desert well. He The desert was his place of, uh, he didn't go to the temple. He didn't go to priesthood school. He didn't follow after that tradition. So he was set on another course. And sometimes when God calls us, we're set on a course that other people will find some fault with us. So Father God, we pray for wisdom and courage today to take the course that you have set for each of us, Lord God, to not be afraid, not to turn to the right or left, not to think that there is no uh, I must be doing something wrong because you do call us, God, according to your heart's desire. So may we walk uh, with perfect peace in that place, in your spirit, in Jesus' name. Bless us. Cause us to think about these things, Father, and be encouraged in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.